Welcome to the LifeHouse Church Podcast. LifeHouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. So, uncommon people to build, the uncommon church that leaves an uncommon mark. I hope y'all heard not just what, what God did, but also to where the heck we're going. We are heading in the direction of uncommon. Of uncommon. And uncommon simply means that we follow Jesus, we do life together, we get in the game, and we leave a legacy. And hopefully here you can, you can see this graphic here that will be a shirt at some point. Can we go, go ahead and pull that graphic up? Maybe it's some, some point. Do we, do we have that one there? Do we have the follow Jesus one maybe at some point? No, you don't have the uncommon one with, with the graphic? Yeah, I remember looking at it in the slides. Okay, well, we'll get that ready for second service. Um, but y'all, the vision is clear, and vision is so vital. I, I hope you are thankful that we have a church that has vision, that we, we are clear on where we're headed. Because before, oh, look, they found it. Okay, look, here we, here we go. You can, you can see this is going to be a shirt one day, so you can know what uncommon means. We're following, we're doing life together, we're not being on the sidelines and following Jesus. We're getting in the game and we're living to leave behind a legacy of blessing in our community our, and our families. That is the vision. It's clear. And vision is powerful because vision says this is what can be. And just like I said, before we started LifeHouse, the vision was just how big could we get? How many butts can we get in the seats? How many, like, and it was just how many, how many, how many? But that's a terrible vision because it's never fulfilled, because it's never enough. And really, unfortunately, in the church, this is what can take over, is we just want more. When Jesus, what I see is he was not interested in more, he was interested in what kind? What kind of disciple? He, he didn't call 100, a, a, like he didn't call 100 disciples, he called 12. He said, I'm going to pour my life into them, build them to be a certain kind of people, and through them, they are going to change the world. Vision in Scripture is so vital. A couple things. Habakkuk, yes, we're using the book of Habakkuk today. Some of you are like, that's in the Bible. Yes, it is, okay? Habakkuk 2.2, it says, write the vision down and make it plain. And that's what we've tried to do, make the vision plain. So when we say uncommon, you know what we're saying, Right? But also, too, in Proverbs, it says, without vision, people perish. Have you ever been a part of a family, of a, a team, a, voc- a, a work spot? You have no idea where you're going. And you have, so then you can't connect what you're doing with where you're going, and then you can't connect why you're even doing it. So what my heart is, is that as we've taken the vision, we've made it plain. You will, like, that. That what you will find is as you are a part of this church, you find your life moving in the direction of uncommon. Why? Because we want to make the most with what we have in this time period so we can move in this direction. Here's the thing. Uncommon is not a number. Uncommon isn't about a certain event on Sunday. Uncommon is about a kind of person. 
a kind of person that we are becoming by the grace of God. Our heart for you isn't to view you as just a number. Our heart for you is to get the uncommon life that Jesus offers to you. My biggest fear, though, is that the uncommon life will just be a, a vision statement, a kind of pithy, cool statement we know, but we will not make it a lifestyle we live. And this is where vision becomes, re, becomes reality. It goes from just being a statement we know that we proclaim each week to actually a lifestyle we live. And our heart for you when we talk about vision is not to get something from you, it's to get something to you. It's to get a certain uncommon life to you. So what I'm going to do for the rest of our time today is I want to talk to you about three things. And if you know pastors, it's always three. It's not two, it's not four. It's three thoughts. We'll give you three thoughts about how we can take the uncommon life moving forward as a church, as one, from just something we know to a lifestyle we live. The first thought is this. The uncommon life has got to be received. Now, if you know anything about our church, we are a gospel-centered church. Meaning, you know, one of the things that the... Pastor Dwayne always says, he's like, yo, man, you know, he talks like Kevin Hart. If you know Pastor Dwayne, right, he's always talking like Kevin Hart. Talk talk like Kevin Hart, you know. He's like, man, let me tell you one thing about Lifehouse. Lifehouse, they preach the gospel. They preach the gospel. They're a gospel preaching church, right? And he is absolutely right. I pray every single week, you always hear the gospel is not achieved by your good works. It is received, it is you receive it by grace through faith. Meaning you can't earn your salvation, you can't act your way into it. It is something you simply receive from God. It is not your good works, it is his good work. And and we preach that every single week because we don't want you to be confused. We don't want you going out there saying, well, I'm going to do good things so I can be a good person. Let me just clear it up for you, you'll never be a good person. It was only Jesus that was good, and he gives you his goodness. So now you don't go out there trying to earn something you already have. You don't go out there trying to just buy your own willpower. I'm going to be good. You can just rest in the fact that I'm not good, but he's good, and he gives me his, his goodness, and I just have to receive it. And as I receive it, then I can view it as, as a gift, and then I can now walk in what I have received. Because, y'all, I'm telling you, if, if we're preaching, do this, and then you will be. No, it's like we're missing the heartbeat of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The uncommon life is not something we achieve. It's something we have to start off with a posture of reception. That's why I love what Jesus said, John 10, 10, what this whole uncommon thing is. So Jesus said, I have come to give you life. Not, hey, do some works, do some good works, and then you'll have life. He says, I have come to give. Everyone say give. Give you life and give you life abundantly. It is his giving, not your doing where it begins. I love what Paul said, Ephesians 2, he follows up on this point. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Y'all, my heart is, is I don't want us to get in legalism. I don't want us to think if we just do good things, then God likes us more. Because we see in Jesus' life, he was perfect, and look how much pain he experienced. The uncommon life model is Jesus. And you can, 
It's, it's, it's crazy whenever, because y'all, we, we have to make sure Jesus is the model. Because if we get off of him, we get off into crazy stuff. We get off into legalism, or the way that I say it is we fall into religion or we fall into rebellion instead of relationship. Religion says, my good works are, are more important than Jesus' way. Rebellion says, my way is better. My works or my way. And I say, forget both of those. Jesus, your way is better. He saves us from religion. He saves us from ourselves. But it's, it's something that is received. It's a gift. And my heart from the very beginning of this church is that you would know nothing saves you except your faith. But this is where it gets weird. Because then what you see is people start taking grace for granted. I even heard one guy say the thing killing the church in the United States is grace. And I was like, what? Talk to me about this. And he said, because what grace does is people treat grace as a license to do whatever they want. So they're, they're happy to be saved from hell. But don't use that. They use grace as an excuse instead of grace as an empowerment. So they take the grace of God, which should empower them to live holy, live righteous, live for the mission of God. And they say, well, I ain't going to hell. Let's live it up here. Let me live my way. Let me live my, you know, and it's like they, they miss the fact that grace was never meant to keep you on your butt. Grace was meant to get you in the game. Grace was meant to say, because of what I have received, I'm going to, how can I not give my life back to the one that gave me life? It's wild how you think when you think of how Jesus' ministry started, right? Before he did a thing for his father, before he healed and preached and taught, what was the first thing that happened to Jesus? He was baptized, Jarvis. He was baptized. He was baptized. He got baptized by John the Baptist. He comes out the water, Evan, and what, what, is, what is it that God the Father said to God the Son? Evan? Huh. He's, he's like, I should read my Bible more. <laughs> he said, this is my son with whom I am very well pleased. So essentially what Jesus got from his father was, I love you before you do anything for me. I love you before you do a single thing in ministry. What is that? It's grace. Grace says, I love you before you do a thing. But you saw Jesus wasn't just like, oh, Jesus, oh, I got the Father's approval. Hey, Peter, let's go to the club. Hey, Peter, let's go live it up now. I got the approval of the Father. I've got grace. Let me go and live in just crazy. No, do you know what that did? That empowered him to say, God has given me something I do not deserve. I want to take my life and give it all back to him because of what he's given me and I've simply received. Because what even I've received, I don't deserve. Dallas Willard said an amazing quote. If you don't know Dallas Willard, he's like the Jedi of discipleship. When it comes to what discipleship is, the heart behind discipleship, he's wrote some of the most influential books on discipleship. And this is what he says. Grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Say that one more time. Grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. 
Earning is in attitude. Effort is in action. And what I hope you hear whenever I say the uncommon life is received, you don't hear, well, I'm going to heaven, great, now let's, now let's bring as much hell to earth as we can. No, when th this uncommon life is received, and then as you have received it, grace becomes an empowerment to live your life, giving back to God what is so rightfully his. It's a response to him. But here's where we're getting it wrong in the United States church. We love grace, but we don't want grace to be an empowerment. We want it to be a license to be like, okay, I'm good. But here is where the uncommon life changes. The uncommon life can't just, just, can't just be received. It's got to be prioritized. It's got to be prioritized. I don't know if you realize this, if you read the words of Jesus, he spoke in very binary terms. So Jesus wasn't like, you know, it's like you can kind of be like, 30% follow me. You can like be 40%. No, Jesus spoke in terms like, you're going to build your life on one of two foundations, rock or sand. It's not going to be clay. Rock or sand. He said, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. You can't serve God and money. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, meaning every other way isn't the way, right? He said, if you try to save your life, you'll lose it. So there's, there's losing or saving. There... Now, you might look at this and be like, man, that's very egotistical of Jesus to say that. Like, oh my God, he declared that he's the way. You know what? That's actually one of the greatest signs of love that Jesus gave. Because what he was essentially saying was, y'all, no one's going to give you what I can give you. No one offers you what I can offer you. He was, he was saying, if you don't prioritize me, you'll miss the beauty of the kingdom of living and the kingdom of God. If you don't prioritize me, you will miss it all. That's why he even spoke in terms of like, really that word priority could also mean treasuring. He's like treasure, the, he's like the kingdom of God is like someone that goes and finds a pearl in a field and then says, I'm going to go and sell everything I have and buy that field because that pearl is so valuable. He's like, if you don't prioritize the uncommon life, prioritize living in the kingdom of God, you dilute it down to a point where it's, it loses its power. And y'all, let's just be honest. We live in a time where Jesus, his kingdom, the uncommon life, is more on the peripheral than it is a priority. It is a subvision to other people's visions. It, if it can fit into their life vision of having a great house, a great car, 2.5 kids, if it can fit. Church, yeah, you know, maybe, uh, you know, that, you know, maybe, gathering together, you know, it's just like maybe, you know, it's just, it's just like we, we don't have a prioritization saying, but it's wild how we can understand how priority works in different areas of life, but miss it with the kingdom of God. Like your, your kids' sports teams, you prioritize their practices like a cult. No, they, Johnny can't, can't, can't miss practice. Why? Because you, you know him going to practice shows a priority, right? So we, we understand it there, but then I think when it comes to God and church and Jesus, it kind of becomes this, oh, we're going to heaven. 
But then what is grace doing? It's Well, grace is just a cover. Without actually realizing the uncommon life only happens when we prioritize it. Because here's the thought. If you aren't intentionally heading in the direction of Jesus, you are unintentionally or intentionally heading away from him. Meaning there's no standstill. Like Jesus, when he talked about speaking in binary terms, he was essentially saying, it cannot, you cannot be here. You have to be here or you have to be here. Now, this doesn't mean we're not going to have seasons of struggle, y'all. So I'm not saying be perfect, as you heard from this documentary. <laughs> Kristen and I were struggling. Me and Jesus were struggling. You have seasons of struggle, but even in the seasons of struggle, there is a priority put on it because it matters to you. Right? So, here's the thought. And for the uncommon life to take root in you, it must take precedence and be the vision that all under visions fall under. Do you know, Jesus did not come and do something that is different from what all the other organizations, businesses, and politicians are doing in our culture right now. Do you know what they're essentially shouting at you through social media, through all these different platforms? platforms, they're telling you, follow me. Literally, politicians are saying, follow my agenda. Community organizations like businesses, corporations, they are saying, follow me. What did Jesus say? Follow me. So when Jesus came and said, follow me, he wasn't saying anything different from what probably everything else you are hearing right now is saying. So it's that if you are being discipled by somebody or something, it's who or what are you being discipled by? Because you have to realize you are being shaped and formed into the image of somebody or something. You are being discipled. It's not if you are being discipled. That's why I'm saying, that's why Jesus spoke in binary terms. He understood the power of influence. And you are being shaped and formed into the person you are, person, organization, company, whatever, is discipling you. It's got to be not just something you, you receive. Jesus said it's got to become the ultimate vision. Here's the thing. It's not wrong to have a vision for your life. But if that vision doesn't fall beneath, under, and supplement the main vision of you becoming like Jesus, you will miss the point, y'all. You'll miss the point. Like, don't forget the ultimate goal of your life is to be like Jesus, to receive this uncommon life and live this uncommon life that Jesus showed and Jesus was the example for. If we miss that, we miss it all. So it's not wrong to have a personal vision, but make sure that vision lines up under the main vision, right? Because then you can take this, this, sub, this sub-vision you have, and it can be used to help transform you and make you into the image of Jesus. Not only is the uncommon life received, it's prioritized. Here's the big point today. The uncommon life has got to be practiced. Uncommon life has got to be practiced. Anybody here like practice? On sports teams, bands, do you like practice? Like, do you enjoy practice? Yeah, he's like, I'm in a band, yeah. Right? If you're on a sports team, you're trying to become a better speaker, you're trying to become a better anything, unless you are insanely naturally gifted, it's going to take practice. You know, Allen Iverson, right? They were questioning, they were questioning him, and he missed the practice in the playoffs, and he, he gets up to the, to, to 
the microphone, and he's like, bro, we talk about practice. Practice. Like, man, I'm the MVP, and we talking about practice. But do you want to know the reason why I think many of us are struggling to actually live like Jesus and live this uncommon life is because we don't understand the importance of practice. And, and here's, the, here's the thing, y'all. Your life is the training ground. Like, you th- you, like, your life is essentially a classroom. It's school to help train you to be like Jesus. You know that Jedi Dallas Willard I talked about earlier? This is, this is what he said. He said, as a disciple of Jesus, I am with him by choice and by grace, right? So it's something you receive. Learning from him, learning, that key word, learning from him how to live in the kingdom of God. This is the crucial idea that... Um, that means how to live within the range of God's effective will, his life flowing through mine. Another important way of putting this is to say, I am learning from Jesus to live my life as he would live life if he were I. I am not necessarily learning to do everything he did, but I'm learning how to do everything I do in the manner in which he did all that he did. Basically, disciples are in consistent training and practice. That's why what we say at LifeHouse, it is what? Training is better than trying. We gotta stop trying to be like Jesus. Let me just take the weight off. You'll never be like him. Doing it in trying, 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 because you'll just consistently fail because you're not perfect. But we can train, enter into a life of training. That's why we have those shirts. Training is bigger than trying. I would encourage you to pick one up. We even have, have these here bracelets. I've got a bracelet on. It reminds me consistently training over trying. Because I want to remind myself, I'm going to fail a lot, but if you have a training mindset, failure is expected. So if you have a training mindset, you even see failure differently. To where when you fail, it doesn't define your identity. You say, I failed. Now, I I just... I need to practice more. This is a new way for you, of for some of you, of following Jesus because all you have thought about and received is legalism. You have just thought, well, I did wrong, I'm a terrible person, and you do shame and guilt and condemnation on yourself. When you have a training mindset, your identity is changed, is you are a son of God, so now you are in training to live up to be who you already are now in Christ. It's a new way to do things, y'all, and it's a beautiful way. It's a better way. Training over trying. I love this concept of training is littered throughout scripture. One of, the, one of the things Jesus said, he said, if you love me, like one of the ways you show you, like is you'll obey, like you'll do what I command. Like you know, me and the boys, we had to have a talk yesterday about their obedience. I had to have what some parents would call the come to Jesus talk. <laughs> and be like, if I allow you to continually disobey, I'm harming you. Because delayed obedience is not obedience. You keep one ear out the other other ear. So we had to have that talk to let them know this is what the expectation is. But even 1 Timothy 4, this is Paul talking. He was talking to this church, or he was talking to this brand new church planner, Timothy, pastoral protege. He said, hey, train yourself to be godly. Does that say soak yourself in worship to be godly? Not that that's a bad thing. That can be part of the training. But I think sometimes we think godliness will just fall out of the sky and be something that just pops up. 
He says, train yourself. There's a training process. James said, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead. So what he's saying here, you can have faith, but faith has to work. Work has faith. Like it's, there's a doing aspect. There's a training aspect to it. And why do I say this? Why is this important? Because I don't want you to get Lifehouse mixed up. Lifehouse is not an event that happens on Sunday. Lifehouse is not just an event that happens on Sundays. We are not a monster energy drink for your spirit. <laughs> right? Though, we do gather on Sundays. Because for the church for thousands of years, one of the common denominators through cultures, places, areas where the church is, the church gathers. It's what we do. We gather to sing praises to God. We gather to hear the word of God proclaimed. And y'all, it is crazy how, how many Christians are not are for doing the very thing Hebrews 10 said not to do, forsaking gathering. This time is for us to be reminded. It's, it's important for us to show our kids the importance of getting up and getting dressed and going out and going to a place to worship God in the same way they do it for school, the same way they do it for their practices. Like we, we have to model gathering is what the church does. Some of, some of you, you come here because it makes you feel good. And I'm like, praise God. If you're new in the faith and you're like, man, I just like the vibe of this place. I get free coffee, get some free donuts. Music's all right. You got this stuttering guy giving me some motivational talk. Okay. I like this. This, this, hey, I am glad because for some of you, that is the starting point for you. But know this, Lifehouse, at its core, we are a training center. We are a training center. Our goal isn't just to get people to show up on a Sunday, to give people good feelings, good vibes, Holy Spirit goosebumps, and then say, have a great rest of your week. At its core, Lifehouse is a training center raising up, wanting to raise up and send uncommon followers of Jesus who are passionate to follow Jesus, to do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. This is where our church is going. And for some of you, like I said, this is a starting point. Like, you like the vibe here. I say, come on, come on back. Keep on, keep on, keep on getting the vibes. Because some of you have been hurt by church, so you, you're kind of warming up, and you're like, well, you know, this place doesn't seem kind of crazy. They seem, you know, it's, it's, it's some nice people. You know, it's, it's like some of you, you, like I said, you come here and you leave, you feel better. Those are good places to start. But no, our heart for you isn't just to stay there. Our heart for you is to receive, enter, enter, you know, to receive, enter into, to prioritize the uncommon life and then living a life of training, practicing living out this uncommon life. That is our heart for you. But also, too, when I, when I was preparing this message, I kind of felt like how some, some people can kind of look at churches where, like, you've got, you know, the church is kind of like, you know, a church can either be geared for kind of the new people, the new believers, and then you, you've got the churches that are geared for, more of the, for those that are more mature, right? You know, it's like those, those that have been in the faith a long time. And I just see Lifehouse being a place for both. Because, y'all, the uncommon life is, is so varied, it's so broad, there is starting points. Like there, there is starting points, but also too, the uncommon life never stops. 
And what I believe is that some people, you've been following Jesus a long time and you feel stuck. You, like, you feel like you're in this rut of just doing the church thing. You're praying and reading your Bible. Like you're doing all these things you were taught. But I need to, to let you know, practice is more. When I talk about practice and living this uncommon life, it's more than just reading your Bible and praying. It could be, it's, it's learning to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. It's learning to put your sin to death so new God-like life, life, life can spring from you. It's learning to lament and grieve. It's prioritizing mental health and learning how to renew your mind. It's learning to be emotionally and relationally healthy like Jesus. It's learning unconscious, harmful, and destructive thought patterns and reframing past experience in light of God's sovereignty. It's diving into all of who you are, what's your DNA you've inherited, and the nurture you've received from life, and discovering how to make sense of it all so you can glorify God in it and through it. Like there were, it is an ocean that is so deep where if you, it's so deep, you can kind of go in, dip your toe, have some kids floaties on, float on the top, but then it's an endless ocean of deep to where your whole life you will be discovering again and again and again the depths of what this uncommon life is. And I want to be a church where we can let those who are new to this, figuring it out, dipping their toe in with the kids floaties on, but also to a place for those of you who have been in the game, who have followed Jesus a long time, like you just keep discovering new, new things that the Lord wants to do. New areas of following Jesus, new ways of finding relational health, new ways of getting in the game, new ways of saying, how can I use my stuff to leave a legacy? How many of you here, this is how I know who are the real football fans here. You know who Reggie Wayne is. Jarvis, I know you know. You're a Colts fan, which the Jags play the Colts today. So God, can we, can we just pause, Lord, I pray right now. I pray against every pass, every run that the Colts do. Lord, may the Jaguars win today. Give Trevor Lawrence accurate passes. May the offensive line open up holes. And may the quarterback be sacked for the Colts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, just want to throw that out there real quick. But Reggie Wayne, Pro Bowl receiver, you can see his, his stats, six Pro Bowls, selections. 10th all-time in receptions. 10th all-time in receiving yards. 25th all-time in receiving touchdowns. I mean, Peyton Manning threw, threw to this guy. And I mean, just, and I mean, if you just watch him, it was a beauty to watch him. Reggie Wayne, every single training camp, he would show up. I mean, this is a dude that did not have to, you know, did not have to practice. He just would probably show up and he could have just done his, learned his place. Every training camp, Reggie Wayne would show up and he would tell his Coaches, coach me like a rookie. He said, give me the fundamentals. Give me the fundamentals. Coach me in other words. I want to make, I want to make sure I'm on my game. I want to make sure I don't lag. I want to make sure that I don't. And, and y'all, when we're talking about what some of you need to say for those of you who have been following Jesus a long time and you've been kind of, you know, like, like, not zoning in the way you should because you're kind of like, oh, you know, it just kind of seems like I'm praying, read, reading my Bible and just doing things, you know, and you're kind of just stale and stagnant. What I would say, y'all, there's deeper levels of the uncommon life for you. Would you say, Lord, coach me like a rookie? Would you say, you know what, I'm going to start doing some of the fundamentals again. I'm going to start like, you know, like, why? Because there's more for you. But do you know the uncommon life I've been in the game 20 years, actually 24 years. I'm getting old, 23 years. I, I don't know. I can't do math. I'm a pastor. All I can do is count offering and people not. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always joke with people 
They're all like, pastors only work one day per week. I'm like, shut up. I'll give you my job. No, but um, one of the things you learn uh, about, about, this, uh, uh, about this uncommon life is that it, y'all, it's going to take your whole life. Like some of you are trying to rush this thing. You're like, I've been saved for three years. I can't stop cussing. <laughs> been saved for three, three, you know. You're, but, but even some of you are like, I've been saved for 20 and I still don't like people. <laughs> right? Like, I st- you know, and, and it's, it's like, you're like, I should be better. I should be better. I should be. And even that language is harmful. Because it's putting unhealthy pressure on you. And that never works. That creates legalism. That creates fear-based obedience instead of love-based. And I just, I just want to say, y'all, like even the way Jesus talked, he said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He said it's the smallest seed. But man, you give that thing time. You cultivate it. You train it. You see a mustard seed plant. That joint takes over. Right? And y'all, we're entering into this uncommon life for the long game. And, and, and some of you just need to like commit and just be like, all right, my life is my classroom. I'm in a life of training. I'm in a church that is a training center. I'm in a church that has a clear vision of the kind of person it is hoping we become. It's a beautiful thing. Worship team, go ahead and come on up. You got to trans. Well, well, actually, hold on. <laughs> it was really quick. So, to get this idea of of the p- potential and the power of training, I, I wanted to tell you a story about a guy that's called the pit, that, that's called the Forest Man of India. This guy back in 1979, his homeland was just being ravaged by this kind of like by, by this kind of like river destroying the land and causing flooding and just his, and, 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 you know, and then he was seeing dead animals all over the place because there was no shade. The sunlight was, was, was just like really killing stuff. So back in 1979, he started to plant trees, just started to plant trees, literally just started to take seedlings and plant. And it is absolutely wild to see over the span of 38 years of planting and being consistent and training and practicing what has happened. Check this out. This is the place where the river eats the land. can devour homes, wash away livelihoods. This is why he plants.
Some say, what can one man do against the mighty river? Well, if he plants every day for 38 years, he can do quite a lot. what the kingdom of God is like. It's like he took a barren land. Literally, you, you can go and research this. A barren land in 38 years, 1,400 acres of forest. Beautiful land. There's rabbits and rhinos and tigers and birds of all species that came. And it's just a beautiful ecosystem because he planted consistently over 38 years. Y'all, this is what the uncommon life is like. That's why Jesus spoke. The word is like the seed. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Y'all, this is going to be the rest of your life. As we enter into this uncommon life, it's, it's going to take consistency. It's going to take practice. But you are in a church. You are in a place that we are not an event that we're just trying to get people here. We are not just trying to make you feel good. You are in a training center. And the vision we're going into isn't how many, it's what kind. And what kind. We want you to be a disciple, be in community, get in the game, and man, use your stuff to leave a legacy behind. And we believe that as we work that individually, we become that corporately, and we make an impact in the 757 and beyond that is far beyond anything we can ask, think, or imagine. Are y'all hearing my heart today? Are y'all seeing what is possible? That as we commit to all going in the same direction, maybe not the same way, because some of you are at different places. Like, honestly, some of you today, even when I, when I talked about receiving, some of you need to receive the uncommon life today. You've been trying to do it your own way. You've been trying to think your, your good works are more important. And what I would encourage you to do today is stop trying to do it your way. Submit your way to God's way and receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Some of you, you need to reprioritize the gospel. You love Jesus, but he's not a priority. Some of you today, you need to commit to getting off the bench and practicing because some of you have become stagnant and stale. And it's like it's hot. No, it's, it's, it, there's a deeper levels in the ocean of the uncommon life that God wants to do in you. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.